Gospel Quest. Dismissed. Cheer them on, guys. Cheer them on. Happy for our kids, excited for what they're going to learn and God's work in their life. I tell you, uh, God has been working and moving in, in great ways, uh, most of which you know um, others are things to come in, in what we're doing. And we're always thankful for his supply and his blessing and, and all of the things that he privileges us to, to be able to know and, and understand in our walk with him. And um, because of that, it makes, it makes the enemy angry. And the enemy does things to try to disrupt, right? And I shared with you last week, um, you know, that, that we should be growing in our faith to a place and a point where the sins that tempted us years ago don't tempt us today. We should be, we should be growing in, in that process. Um, but it doesn't mean that, that Satan doesn't attack and Satan doesn't do things to frustrate us. Bethany losing her voice, right? I was down on my back the first part of the week. Other people, Dwight got stung by a whole bunch of bees, you know, and this is, this is three-fifths of your leadership team, you know, uh, getting, getting attacked in some way and um, so forth. This morning, the AC is not cooling. Um, for some reason, the, the stream that we do, uh, that we use for our streaming isn't working. So we're only on Facebook Live for those of you watching online this morning. That's why we're not on YouTube, which has the better sound and has the better um, scenarios. So, so Satan likes to disrupt and Satan likes to attack. But our job in all of that is to remain constant. You with me? Our job in all of that is to remain focused and remain constant. And, and allow God to be God and allow God to work and move in certain ways. And so I, I want to say that and then say thank you. Because, you know, when you, when you put out a message about an hour before church that says, um, AC is not cooling, dress appropriately, you know, that's normally a sign to a lot of people to stay home, right? And, uh, man, look, look how full we are um, this morning. Missing some, but, but look how full we are this morning uh, those of you that just put on shorts instead of jeans or, or whatever it is that you did, right? Some of you didn't do anything. You look the same as you always look, right? And, and you're looking up here and you're thinking, well, you're barefooted. That must be because of the heat. Now I kind of do the barefooted thing a lot. Um, so forth. I did have a jacket I was going to wear over the t-shirt this morning. And I was like, yeah, no, not, not going to happen because you guys know how I sweat. And um, I didn't want an extra sweat. Um, but we are, we are thankful for you and thankful that you chose um, to be here this morning uh, and the opportunity that we have to, to dive into everything that is God's. And uh, if you watch the podcast, um, we, we jumped ahead a lot in the podcast. Some of John's questions took us into week two and three and four of this series um, and instead of really highlighting week one, which, which is the goal. And that's, that's okay. We want to mind the Lord and the spirit of the Lord in those uh, shows the same as we would in church. And, um, you know, we, we shared the fact that Job's kids were a big part of his life, right? If you, if you read the front part of Job, and if you read uh, any part of Job, you understand that not only did Job eschew evil, right, for his own life, right? And if you weren't here last week, we, we explained that, that it is chewing evil. I mean, I, I love to know why certain words were picked. When I read scripture, I was like, why did he say it like that? And so I'll, I'll look up the definition of those words and, and different things like that. And one of the, one of the definitions or interpretations of chewing evil was that it made Job physically sick, physically ill to think that he would sin or to think that there would be evil thoughts in his life or, or that any type of evil would take part in him. He was chasing God on a whole new level, on a level that some of us haven't even really thought about or considered. And, and a lot of times in this life, we, we go through this life and we go through our Christianity con considering, well, what can I get by with and still go to heaven, right? A lot of times we, we try to, to ration out our, our Christianity and our spirituality based on what we can get by with, right, and still be okay. Job, Job is taking it to a whole new level, and by taking it to that level, he, he is exampling for us what being a God chaser 
really is. And I don't know. Anybody read that book, God Chasers? Years ago. I mean, we're talking like probably 20 plus years ago. Yeah. Um, phenomenal book and a great book. And it, and it, it, it exampled Job and a, and a number of others in Scripture that really showed us how to chase God, how to put off the things of the flesh, how to put off the things of the world, and, and to step into all that God is. And, and, and Luke's pretty much preempted what that means, and it means allowing the Word of God and His instructions for our life to take hold of us and, and drive us and move us into a new level of spirituality, right? Because our salvation, amen, I was meeting with some of the, the younger guys that are going to get baptized today, and, and I was meeting with them this morning and talking with them about that. And, and the, the temptation for us is, is to have salvation and, and have salvation from an emotional standpoint, but never grabbing hold of the spiritual impact that it's meant to make in our life. And, and if, we don't, if we don't bring ourselves to that place or, or we're not ushered into that place through the Holy Spirit to where we accept the power of God in our life, then we're trying to be a Christian without the power of Jesus working and moving in our life. And man, we're going we're gonna to fail, right? We're going to bust when it, when it comes to that. And, and so we are encouraged to chase God. And we're encouraged in all of our being and in all of our substance, which is what we see here from Job, in all of his substance, he chased and pursued God. Uh, and that's what we really want to focus on this morning. So we're still in Job chapter 1, and, and we didn't get off verse 1 last week, didn't plan to get off verse 1. And, and we're really just going to talk to you about verse 2 this morning. And there were born unto him seven sons and three daughters, right? And we know there are scriptures like heritage of the Lord, right? Our children are a heritage of the Lord, right? And there are other scriptures that tell us that our children are the rewards of heaven, right? They are blessings, right? And, and as parents, we should, we should look at that. Some of you are looking at me like, I don't know about mine being a blessing, right? Amen? But, but they are gifts of God, right? And we need to understand that. On the show Friday, um, you know, John, John asked a question about, man, man, you know, Job really took it, and it was really tough, and it was really hard. And, and I said, you know, we have to, and tough as it is, because I love my boys, and I love my grandson, right? But as tough it is, as it is, we should never allow them to replace the power and the presence of God in our lives. If anything, we should be bestowing and overflowing into them because of the substance of Jesus Christ that is in us, right? So if we're in the right place spiritually, our kids being a heritage and a blessing from the Lord, they are a tool, they are a means, they are something that God has given us to take our Christianity and our faith further. What does that mean? It means that we are sowing into them. It means that we are blessing them. It means that we are giving them a heritage and allowing them to become what they're meant to be in Jesus Christ. Amen? It doesn't mean that we dictate their life to them, but it means that we absolutely govern them by the power and the Spirit of the Lord. A couple of weeks ago, I made a comment about our, our family meetings, Right? Uh, and, and the boys will tell you they hate the idea of family meetings because sometimes family meetings are really good. We get together, we talk about vacation ideas, we talk about this and that and the other, and those are, those are good family meetings. But there are also family meetings when I call you at your girlfriend's and I say, get home now, right? And I'm sitting at the dining room table and telling them that's where I'll be and we come and we sit down and we have a conversation. There was never a lot of yelling in our home. There was never a lot of, uh, of yelling. There was never a need for that. Okay, there was, there, was never, there was never a purpose or a means for me to lose what God had given me as the authoritarian in my home. Right? I didn't need to combat that. Right? It was made clear from the beginning that I'm dad, she's mom. And, and we are governing you and hopefully overflowing into you the power of God into your life. 
And it means that there are times we're going to sit you down and say, man, you're not getting it. You're not getting it. And, and my boys will tell you, they would have much rather me bent them over my knee and, and spank them, than even, even in their 20s, than, than to have a family meeting. Right, right, Luke? Isaac's not in here, but yeah, they, they talk, he's, he's being shy, but he, he says all the time, man, family meetings, woof. You know, it's the scariest thing ever. And, and um, I think he was at Courtney's that night that I sent that text and said, get home now. And everything else. And Courtney will even laugh and joke. And she says, he completely changed. It was like he went from calm, cool, collected to fearful. And, and the, the crazy thing about that is it was never yelling. It was never anything else. It was, it was just, hey, explain this to me. Help me understand this and everything else. And I would hear them out. But then they would also hear me out. Amen. And we always took it back. That's one of Dobson's main principles. And you all know I love my Dobson. Amen. That was one of his main principles is don't just don't just lecture and don't just demand, but take it back to the word of God. Help them find the power, the instruction, as Luke said, help them find the power. Because, listen, we need the power of God to live this life. Right. Are you with me? And so if I'm just staying there, Jay lectures this, Jay lectures that, Jay demands this, Jay demands that, I'm dad, do it my way, amen, don't ask questions, just do it. If I, if I am leading in that manner, I'm not leading to power. You with me? If I'm leading in that manner, I'm not leading to a spiritual place that can resonate within them at some point some it happens earlier than others and whatnot but but the reality is my goal is to lead them to the spirituality of the teaching that i'm overflowing into them amen because at some point the spirituality has to take over and they then receive the power of that they then receive God's power working in their life. I don't have any power to offer them. I can author fear, right? I, I can author, I can author, you know, meanness, right? But that's not good spiritual leadership. Good spiritual leadership is talking through situations, restoring in bad times, which was always my goal when we sat down. Now I was stern, right? But my goal in all of that was to always lead them and restore them to the biblical and spiritual instruction or principle that needed to take place in their life. And we see that in Job. Job makes it very clear to us, and, and what we read in just a few short verses makes it clear to us that he understands that, that these blessings of God come with responsibility. They come with the need of ushering in the power of God into their life, right? And, and we, are, we are called to that, and we will be accountable for that. And, and um, you know, I, I made a comment a few weeks ago that we will still have family meetings, right? And, and if I believe one or both of my boys are out in left field, I'm going to be like, hey, dad's sitting at the dining room table. Come and have a seat because I don't want you there. God's got more for you in your life than that. And I am going to present that to you and show you biblically why it's important. You see that and you understand that and you choose him over the things of the world. Amen. Why? Because I hope in some way I'm eschewing evil the same as Job is. Right? I hope in some way I'm understanding Right, that I have the same responsibility as Job did for his kids, and I'm choosing to exercise that responsibility. And I am choosing to lead and guide and direct according to the Holy Spirit in their lives. Amen? Not because I want to be a boss, not because I want to be an authoritarian, amen, but because I want them to get it. I want them to get it, and I want them to outpace me. In all that I do and all that I say, I want them to become everything that God sowed into their life and purposed in them when they were in the womb. Every bit of it. I want them to, I want them to overflow. Amen. Why? Well, because mainly they work with your kids. And I want everything poured into them so that they can overflow those things into your kids and support what you're trying to do in your home. 
Amen. And we work together in that function. We work together in that way as a church that we might hold one another. Amen. Into the goodness of Jesus Christ, which isn't that what it's all about. Amen. I, I need to I need to correct something from last week. Bob, Bob caught me as we, they were leaving service last week. I started the Sally Jesse Raphael story and, and then I, I, you know, my mind's going a million different directions and I ended up somewhere else and I never finished the Jesse story. So real quick, Sally uh, had a girl on her show and, and the girl had, there had been a miracle in her life and I don't remember exactly what it was and um, Sally was questioning her about it and, and being, you know, being very, um, sly in her questioning and, and the things that she was doing to, to kind of minimize the Bible and kind of minimize the, the godly impact in her life. And, and she, she basically said, so you, you believe God did this? And the little girl was like, yes, ma'am. And, and she said, so you believe that why? And she says, because of the Bible. And, and Sally was like, so you believe everything in the Bible is true? The little girl's like, yes, ma'am, I do. And she said, everything. You don't believe that they were just stories to help you understand something. You believe they were actually 100% true. She goes, yes, ma'am. And she says, so you believe Jonah was really swallowed by a well and, and lived in the well's stomach for a few days and then was thrown up on a beach somewhere. And the little girl's like, yes, ma'am, I do. And Sally was like, that's impossible. And I, I'm, I'm mad, you know, I'm like righteously indignant at this point. Like, you want to pick on somebody, pick on me. Don't pick on that little, little girl and everything else. You know, I'm kind of in that mindset in that place, right? You know, well, how, why, why would you do this to a little girl, right? But God had it all under control. Sally looks at the little girl and she says, that's impossible. And the dumbest thing I've ever heard. And the little girl looks at her and she goes, with God, all things are possible. And I'm like, oh, yeah, look at that. Take that, right? Pick yourself up, right? Because, man, doesn't that answer all things in, in, in our lives and the power of God working in our lives? I mean, I love living in the impossible things of God. I love seeing him move mountains. I love seeing, I love getting the phone calls in the middle of the night or out of the blue that says, man, God answered the prayer. I'm cancer free. Man, God, God did this. God did that. God is still moving in those ways and God is still working in those manners. And God still wants to pour that same kind of power in our lives. But it is up to us to live it. It is up to us to, to bring ourselves into his presence and believe in him in full power and in full glory. It's kind of like when, when the three Hebrew boys, and you hear me refer to this all the time because I think it's one of the most machismo moments of scripture, all right? When, when the three Hebrew boys come before Nebuchadnezzar and he says, I'm going to throw you into the fire, fire and it's going to burn you up. And they say, we are not careful to answer you in this. We're not even thinking about the consequences because our God is able to deliver us. And if he chooses not, we will honor him anyway. Amen? I, I want my kids to get it on that level. I want you and your kids to get it on that level. Right? I want us to understand that God is blessing and moving and rewarding us from a heavenly place, not an earthly place. Amen? We minimize him too much by thinking of him like one of us. And he's not one of us. And see, Job got this. Job understood this. Job knew in his heart and in his mind that God was God and he sat on a throne. And when he was given and blessed and rewarded with kids, he knew beyond any shadow of a doubt that his first priority was to get them to God. Right? And, and we see in all that he did, what, what did he do? Did he give sacrifice for, for his sustenance? Right? Which is the cattle and the oxen and the goats and the sheep and the, the, the farm and the land and all of that. Right? That's what the Bible refers to as substance. Amen? Did he give sacrifice for all that? Maybe he did. Amen. But what we're given record of is we're given record of the sacrifice that he made for his kids. Amen. And that he did this daily. And then when they have, you know, their, their feast, right, 
He did it extra just in case they were tempted away from the goodness of God, right, on their behalf. And so what, what that should say to us is this. Number one, and I did, I did a lot of study on this, and, and number one, theologians are, are they, they differ a lot on what exactly happened at the feast that uh, the kids had. Right. Some believe that that the kids went and, you know, sinned galore and and it was Job's job to to atone for that and bring them into countenance over that. There are other theologians that say, no, I mean, it was very honorable. They invited their sisters over to the feast. They showed themselves prudent and they showed themselves respectful and they presented themselves in a way. But it was Job's issue of evil that, that caused him to, to think for a minute that just in case something happened, he wanted to make sure that they were brought back to family meeting, amen, and conversation given and an atonement made, right? So however we want to look at it, what we, what we need to glean from this scripture is, number one, the kids are given to us with the purpose of bringing them back to God, ushering them back to God through the Bible, through the instruction, and through the spirituality given us in our life. They are our reward and they are our greatest blessing, and we should treat them as such, amen, by bringing them back to their Creator. And ushering them to him in all of their ways. Amen. And kids, teens, I, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. Amen. Sometimes you don't like it. And that's okay. That's okay. Right? That's okay. But sometimes you need it. And you need to learn that's okay too. Right? Because you know what? Sometimes I need it. And there are mentors in my life and there are people in my life that remind me of things and, and, and say things to me. And I think, I think I'm all over here in a, in, in a good place and somebody says something and I'm like, oh, right? Man, I need to rethink that. I need to rethink that. I need to repray about that. I need to reexamine that and, and my place on that. Amen. Because, number one, I don't want to be a stumbling block to them. But, number two, I absolutely don't want to be a stumbling block to my kids or your kids. Amen? So that we all come into the faith on the depth and the level that we're supposed to. Amen? And, I, as I told a couple of the, the boys upstairs when we were talking about the baptism today, I told them that, look, you're going to mess up sometimes. And, and the, the reality of that mess up is that you have a household of faith that you can come to and that will restore you. Amen? Our job as a household of faith is not to snarl up our nose at someone when they mess up, but instead it is to take them by the arm and lift them up, brush them off, clean them off, and restore them into all that God has them for. Amen? And, and that should be the same thing we're doing with our children as well. By bringing them into where God is. So I want to take a little, little closer look at this moment in Scripture. Because I think it's important for us. Verse 4. When it says, And his sons went and feasted in their houses. Everyone his day and sent and called for their three sisters to eat and to drink with them. And it was so when the days of their feasting were gone about that Job sent and sanctified them and rose up early in the morning and offered burnt offerings according to the number of them all. And Job said, it may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. And thus did Job continually. So a few things we glean from this. And his sons went and feasted in their houses. They were no longer under Job's roof, right? We hear all the time, man, I get out from underneath dad's roof. I'm the boss. I'm in charge. Nope. Nope. Dad still has responsibility to bring you back to God. Right? Mom and dad still has responsibility. Responsibility they will be accountable for to keep pointing you to the power and the glory of God. Amen? Now, here's what I believe. If I've done my job... Through the years, my job once you leave my household should be a whole lot easier. 
Amen? But if I'm needed to, to create sacrifice for you, if I'm needed to counsel you, and if I'm needed to, to continue to point you to God, it's my job and my responsibility to do so, right? Either that or Job's off his rocker, right? But as, as Luke said, I think this is here for instruction, right? And to show us that I have a job to do long after you're out of my home, right? Also, they were in their own homes. It means they were set up. They were established. They were having families. They were beginning life and beginning to do life and beginning to pursue life and needed the presence of God in their home the same as dad had always had it in his home. And, and, I'll, and I'll say this, that when we come to that point of our life, the world does a very bad job of showing us how to do it. The world does a very bad job of showing us how to prioritize it. The world does a very bad job of authoring for us how to pursue our, our help meet. Right? Male or female. Right? Because the world focuses on a lot of things that God never focuses on, right? And, and I'm not going to talk about my, my thing with Sam again. You all know that. I, I was determined I would be single. I was determined when I finally gave up and, and grabbed hold of all that God wanted me to do and, and known that I had, had lived a scoundrel's life and didn't deserve something wonderful because of my sins, I was okay with the idea that it was going to be me and Jesus and we were going to preach the gospel forever and that's all I had left. And I was okay with that. And it was seven years uh, of friendship, seven years of labor, seven years of working in the church, seven years of being focused on, on leading young people to Jesus Christ that God used to all of a sudden create a home for me and create a family for me, right? Right? And, and, you know, there's a great scripture, a powerful scripture that we all need to grab hold of and realize. TJ uses it all the time in financial peace. Amen. Seek ye first the kingdom of heaven. And, and, if, and if you're here and you're a young person and you're trying to figure out how to navigate life and you're trying to figure out how to find a mate and you're trying to figure out what boyfriend is good for you and what girlfriend is good for you and everything else, hotness is only going to take you so far. Can I get an amen? Huh? Hotness is only going to take you so far. It might take you somewhere you don't want to be. Amen. Yeah, yeah, I'm getting testimony back there. Praise God. Hallelujah. Listen, but, but the reality is God has a plan. And, and every young person that, that I sit down and have this conversation with, I look at them and I say, look, God has a plan. Do you know God knows who it is? Do you know God knows where they are? Do you know God has already decided how he's going to bring you together? And do you know God has already got ideas on how he's going to bless and reward you from that point forward? And, and most of them kind of give me that. Really? Kind of look. But the reality is, yeah, he does. And he's God. He can make it all happen in a way that will glorify him and in a way that will bless you. The only thing he asks you to do so that he adds it to you is to seek him first. Seek him first. Put him first. Right? Go to church dates. Right? Go to church dates. Spend time. Amen. Make, make God part of your relationship. Amen. I'm not saying the only part of your relationship. Amen. You can go to movies. You can, you can do this. You can do that. Go out to eat, whatever. Amen. But, but make sure God is part of that relationship. 
Make sure God is in the center of what it is that you're trying to create. Because if he's not, and if there's problem, and if there's objection to that, you will never fully fulfill what it is that God purposed in you from the beginning. Amen? And that's the ultimate goal. The ultimate goal is that you become what God made you to be. Jeremiah, what he purposed in your in the womb, in your mother's womb, what he purposed in you then is what you're to be. Your parents should be pushing you to that before anything else. Amen? And you got awful quiet, so, so let me repeat. Before anything else, your kids should be pointed to seek first the kingdom of heaven. And your life is the greatest or worst or in-between example of that. Amen? And we have to figure that out. Amen? And I'll be honest with you. My boys will tell you, there's sometimes I nailed it. And there's sometimes I blew it. But I was never shy about walking into their bedroom and apologizing and saying, hey, I blew that. I blew that. I'm sorry. Here's what I should have said. Here's what I should have done. Here's, here's what we need to see in all of this. Amen? Because, because I've, I need to show them that, that God is able to work on a level that, that even I can't understand sometimes. And, and so we are encouraging you to get there. Job is one of the greatest examples of this. Amen? So these, these kids were in their own home, living life, and, and doing well because of the heritage and the reward given to them of their father. Amen? And in, and in so doing, they decided to feast. Amen? What does this mean? Seven brothers, three sisters. Amen? And they, they reached out to the sisters and had the sisters come. And we all know how women were treated back then. Amen? If they didn't get invited, they had to stay there. Right? And, and this and that and the other. So I think it shows something of the brothers. Amen? I think it shows something of the unity of this family. Amen? that they reached out to their sisters and invited them to come. And, and shows that they lived in harmony. It shows that they lived in a peaceable habitation, also scripture, and conducted themselves in such a way that they could come together, not only as brothers and sisters, but they could come together as God chasers. People seeking God or by nothing else, at least seeking the example given to them by mom and dad. Right? And, and trying to do that to the best of their ability. Amen? And so I, I, I kind of agree with Matthew Henry when he says, they show us noble characteristics. And they show us noble choices in their conduct. And there is no scripture utterance to, to believe anything different. But what we see is Job says, I don't want to chance it. And here's, here's where I think we got to alter amen, right? Because here is where I think we have to take a step back and be like, ooh, am I chancing it? Am I chancing it? Am I pushing everything else and not pushing God enough? Amen? And you don't know how many times, especially in these last few years, how many times I've had parents come to me and say, my kids don't want to go to church. I can't, I can't get them to go to church. And my response is always, do it anyway. Do it anyway. I don't care if they're kicking and screaming. I don't care if they're crying. I don't care, you know, I don't care if they tell you that you're the worst person on the face of the earth. Do it anyway. Amen. Because you're showing them that the power of God in your life is more than the power of anything else, including them in your life. You're showing them you choose God. Right? And I think that's where Job, I think that's what Job is exampling for us here. He's exampling for us that I choose God. God, I think it's great you had a feast. I think it's great that you spent time together as brothers and sister. I think it's great that you are compatible on that level and you can come together in that way. But I'm not taking any chance. 
So when you're done, you come to my house. We will have a family meeting and we'll talk about Jesus. We'll talk about God. And then we will walk out to the altar and we will lay down sacrifice. And we will make sure if there is just a hint of an idea in your head to curse God. Or in your head to make a bad choice. If it was just a hint, we will lay down sacrifice and cover it. Amen? This, this is a man who chased God and eschewed evil. This is a man who wanted not only for his blessing, but wanted blessing for his household. This is a man who said, I will go to every level given to me in the instructions to make sure that not only I make it, but my family makes it. And so they came. And verse 5 tells us that they came and offered burnt offerings. And he didn't wait. Job didn't wait. Amen. I want to make sure we get that. And rose up early in the morning. Amen. I'll never forget my grandfather. My great-grandfather, actually. Never failed. I mean, I'm, I'm 7, 8, 9, 10 years old. Phone would ring. And, you know, it was one of those kitchen wall phones. Y'all ever seen those? Seen pictures of them? Huh? Because I'm old compared to some of you, right? Kitchen wall phone, we pick it up, and we say, hello, because they didn't tell us who it was, right? We pick it up, and we'd say, hello, right? And, and it was always my great-grandfather on the other end, anytime Billy Graham was going to be on TV. Uh, hey, Billy Graham's on tonight. You guys going to come over? And sometimes we did. Sometimes we did. Sometimes we went over. And sometimes, because of whatever, mom would say, no, we, we can't make it over tonight, granddad, and everything else. And he says, then promise me you'll watch. He wanted to make sure we heard the gospel. He wanted to make sure that whatever was going on in our life, whatever was more important than going to his house for Billy Graham, he wanted to at least make sure that it spoke to our heart. Amen. Job knocked on the door. He didn't physically knock on the door, but, but Job in some way made it known to his kids, hey, enjoy your feast. Enjoy your time with each other. Build bonds that will last forever, but be at my house tomorrow morning. Be at my house tomorrow morning because we're going to go out and, and we're going to make sacrifice because I'm not taking any chance. That you made a bad decision. I'm not taking any chance. That you elevated sin in your heart or in your mind. For one second. I am not giving the adversary. That ground. Amen. Remember where we are. We're behind the hedge. Remember where we are. We haven't even got to the throne room. And we haven't even began talking uh, about Satan wanting to seek and devour. Amen. We're talking about a man who says, I don't care what Satan is doing. I don't need to glorify what Satan is doing. I don't need to care about what Satan is doing because I'm building a hedge. I'm choosing God. And I will do it without shame. I will do it without remorse. I will do it without concern who likes it and who doesn't like it. Be at my house because we're going to lay down sacrifice. Amen. Because I'm not taking any chance that Satan gets a hold of your heart. Or Satan gets a hold of your life. So up early in the morning and offered burnt offerings. According to the number of them all. For Job said, it may be the sons. Maybe that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Thus did Job continually. Amen. You know, you happen, you, th you think of the prodigal in this moment. You think in this moment of, of what this father, who had lived a good life and who had prepared his sons and, and had set them up. And it didn't tell us if, if the, the, the father of the prodigal was a God chaser or not, or someone like Job who, who continually made sacrifice. But we do see a father who tried to love his sons and tried to point them in the right direction. But yet both sons chose evil ways. Amen. 
Maybe he missed the time. Maybe he missed the opportunity to, to put his finger on something and instruct. Maybe his, he missed the moment. Because understand, both boys were lost. Both boys were lost. Amen? The only difference is one wanted the father's things now. One wanted the father's things later. But neither one of them wanted the father. Amen? Somewhere along the way, he missed a sacrifice. Somewhere along the way, he missed an instruction. Somewhere along the way, he missed a family meeting and his boys went astray. Amen? And so we have to understand our responsibility. I also know what the rest of this chapter tells us is that these kids' lives were eventually taken. Amen? But here's what I do know. If we do it right, amen, and I trust in the blood covering of Jesus Christ over my boys and over my grandson and over their wives, I've prayed for their wives, amen, while, while they were still in diapers. I have prayed the blood of Jesus over their wives, that he would keep them and maintain them in purity and in holiness until the time that they were meant to come together, amen, and that God would author it all. Amen? And that God would author it all. Amen? And you can say, well, that's, that's kind of a silly prayer. Say, nope. Nope. I will keep praying it. Amen? Until that one up there finds his, I will keep praying it. Amen? And you better believe every time I walk in their home that I am touching door frames and I am praying blessing and I am expecting the blood covering of Jesus Christ over their household. Amen? I am not ashamed of it. I, don't, I have no remorse of it. Amen. The other day, I'm blessing Holden's door, the same as I blessed their door growing up. And Luke just happens to turn the corner and see me. And he just turns around and walks the other way because he knows what I'm doing. Amen. And I will not be deterred. I will not be deterred. Amen. To allow the power and the blessing of God to consume their lives. Amen. So what we see in all of this even in their kids, even in, even in shaping and molding their kids, we see a man who says, I am chasing God. I am choosing holiness and righteousness over everything in this world. And I am creating a hedge. Amen? And what we need, what we need to understand is Satan had tried, right? When, when, Jesus, when God says to, to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? Satan's response is, I've tried, but you've got a hedge around him. No, it wasn't God that created the hedge. It was Job that created the hedge, and it's God that honored it. Amen. You will hear me say that every message of this series. Amen. It was Job that created the hedge. By chasing and pursuing God and all of his righteousness. By seeking first the kingdom of heaven for himself and his family. Amen? And it was God that added to it. It was God that brought the blessing. It was God that brought the power. It was God that brought the promise. It was God that brought it all together. Amen? Because Job was focused on nothing else. Amen? Still trying to figure out, and I don't know that I have an answer for this. We'll see when we get there. But how in the world he, he found a wife that said, just curse God and die. I don't know. Amen? Maybe, maybe the hurt, maybe, maybe the blows that were dealt was more than she could handle. Amen? Maybe she, maybe she fell out of the saddle and couldn't pick herself back up. I don't know. But what I do know is Job never wavered. Job stayed solid. Job sought the kingdom of heaven first. And he allowed God to add everything else to it. Amen? And that's, that's where we're called, church. We're called to a place that we choose Jesus. Amen? We're going we're gonna to move those back chairs up a little bit, turn everything around, and open the garage door and have our baptism right there. This morning, and you're going to see on the very front of our baptism, it says, I choose Jesus. I choose Jesus. 
Amen. It, it is it is not marketing for me. Amen. Yeah, I'm the marketing guy. Yeah, that's what I do Monday through Friday. But that is not marketing for me. That is reality for me. Because I choose Jesus. Amen. And my goal and my prayer and my supplication for this church and everybody in it, if it's your first time or if it's your hundredth time, my goal and my prayer and supplication for everybody in this place is that you will choose Jesus and that together, together, not not in 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 you know sex and and sex s e c t s because I'm a hick and can't talk well. In in different groups and and whatnot that we we don't strive against one another, but that we strive together in unity for the call and the purpose of Jesus Christ. Because I believe this: if He authors it, He will create the supply for it. And he will bless it if we are in his footsteps. Amen? So I want you to choose Jesus too. I want you to choose Jesus. I don't want you to choose popularity. I don't want you to choose the coolest thing coming and the coolest thing going. Because we, I, I've been doing this for a long time. And I'm going to tell you right now, the cool church will pass away. And there will be a new cool church. There will be a new cool gospel. There'll be a new cool way of doing Jesus. Amen? And they will all keep passing away. But the thing that remains constant for decades are the instructions. It's the Word of God and the power in the Word of God for our lives. Amen? And listen, I don't want you weak. I don't want you weak. There's, there's, there's no mis misguided idea or information from this pulpit. Amen. I want everybody to be powerful. I want everybody to be anointed. I want everybody to be on fire with the power and the authority of heaven. Amen. There's no ego trip happening up here. I want you on fire for Jesus Christ. Every single one of you. Every single one. I want your kids on fire. For Jesus Christ, when you guys post things that your kids are saying through the week because of what they've learned in this place, I'm praying blood and fire over their lives. Amen? Because I want the power to grab hold of us all. Amen? So that we rock worlds and shake kingdoms as it is down here. Amen? The song Brianne sang, second song they did this morning, I think. I, I shared it with, I don't, I don't share too often with the group. It's the minute I heard that song, I listened to it on repeat like three times. And I'm like, oh, we got to do this, right? And, and so I grabbed the link and I, and I sent it to the group. I'm like, hey, figure this one out, amen? And, and they told me they were working on it and everything else. And she does a great job with it, amen? But it, it's that power and that message in the song. I want every kingdom, every kingdom to be God's. I want every home to be God's. I want every friendship to be God's. I want every relationship and marriage to be God's. Amen? And I think Job was that guy. Job was that guy that said for his kids, I am going to spend everything I have, if necessary, to make sure you choose him. To make sure you choose him. Amen? And, and you can despise me for it. You can disrespect me for it. You can love me for it. Doesn't matter. You're still going to be here tomorrow morning. And we're still going to make sacrifices. And we are still going to bring ourselves to the feet of Jesus Christ. Amen? Job was building a hedge. Job was creating a hedge. Job was saying, I am doing this God's way. Amen. God's authoring it. God's in control of it. I understand it's blessing to my life. And we hear later on, he echoes that when he says, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Amen. But Job knew that until that time, until that day, it's my responsibility to point to Jesus. It's my responsibility to point to God. And I'm doing it. I'm doing it. My prayer for all of us is, that we do it too, that we do it too, that we choose Jesus. Amen? So I think nothing better leads into our baptism than that.
this morning. So as they get ready to come and, and sing, amen, I, I want you to consider your choices. Consider your choices. I'm not pointing fingers. I'm not judging. Amen. I don't care where you've come from in, in all of this or what you drug in the door with you this morning. What I care about is you're not dragging it back out with you. Amen. That's all I care about. Amen. Because anything, anything that you bring to Jesus, I know he has the power to overcome. I know he has the power to overcome. So I'm not intimidated by anything. Amen. I, I've shared this. The church has heard this a few times, I'll never forget, preaching on a revival service, this lady came to the altar, and she knelt down at the altar, and listen, she laid it all down. And I'm literally sitting there thinking, lady, honey, you've got, you got to be quiet, man. People don't need to know this stuff. But after a couple seconds, I'm like, no, lay that down. Amen. If they're not spiritual enough to handle it, that's their problem. But we're going to lay this down, we're going to burn it up, and you're going to walk away from here clean. Amen. And she did. As far as I know, still on fire for the Lord today. Amen. That's what I want for you. That's what I want for you. So consider your choices. Consider where you've been. Consider where you're at. Consider where your home and your family is at. Consider what you have overflowed into the lives of your children, into your neighbor, into your workplace, into the community. Consider those things. Job gives us the greatest example, I think, in Scripture of someone who chased God because he despised evil. And he loved the purity and he loved, he loved the feeling of coming into God's presence pure. And he went to every level for himself and his entire household to ensure that he always did. And I'm encouraging us, myself included, I'm encouraging us to that place this morning. Amen. So if you have a need of prayer, we ask you to come. Not so we can judge you, not so we can point fingers, but so that we can lock arms with you and together choose Jesus and together work for him, together love each other. Amen. And build the kingdom of heaven, every kingdom. Let's stand and sing.